What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy to have my favorite union join us on Make It Plain, especially now as schools are reopening. We're joined by the president of the American Federation of Teachers, who was a big part of the Making Good Trouble rally at the Lincoln Memorial last weekend. Randy Weingarten is here. Randy, how are you today? Look, I am just fine, Mark. I'm so glad that you're fine. I, I actually, you know, we're on this, still on this back to school tour. So I took probably one of the last planes out of uh, JFK on the way to Florida. And so when I when I landed, I heard all about the just the torrential rains. And, you know, just, you know, it, it sends it sends a message. I just want to say there are many we, we keep on saying there are multiple crises in the United States. We have a crisis of we have a reckoning with racism. We have a crisis of COVID. We have a crisis of infrastructure and climate. And we have this divisiveness about how one faction of the Republican Party just constantly wants to churn and create chaos, as opposed to what unites us and what creates voice and 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 uh, working together to solve these problems. And it feels like when you see the what happened in New York with the kind of the infrastructure needs that, you know, to deal with an exacerbated climate issue, what happened in Louisiana, it is fabulous that in the aftermath of Katrina, the levees held, but look at the extreme weather that we are now getting from climate and all of this should be a siren call for that we have to work together to create the conditions for everyone to thrive as opposed to the rich get richer and not solve these issues and all of us as a community trying to work together to solve these issues and the good trouble rally was about that and what you did at that good trouble rally is you brought the community together you brought women's groups together you brought civil rights groups together you brought um, you know, labor activists together in terms of what we need to do to solve the problems so that regular Americans can thrive. They can have unions, they can have good public education, we take on the climate, and we have a voice in our democracy. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for always centering us in the work we have to do the fights we have to make to create a better life for all. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, and you, as always, are a big part of that in terms of all that needs to be done. There is a lot we're dealing with. And, you know, you were there Saturday. It was hot on was Saturday. Hot. <laughs> it was oppressively hot. And, you know, things get hurried toward the end. But one thing I'm glad I did, we had, uh, we didn't have a lot of time. We had, toward the end, one speaker on climate change, Kareem Taylor. And I'm so glad that she spoke just to show you how all these things are connected because she talked about Hurricane Ida before it arrived. She talked about the heat that day 
And just as we're dealing with everything else, Rand and I were just talking before we started the interview, folks, about Roe and, and the, the, what's happened to Roe. All these things, and on top of all that, we are dealing with climate change. So, you know, our plates are full, <laughs> those of yeah. us who are trying to continue the fight that Dr. King wasn't able to finish in this in this beloved community. So we, we, we're hopeful that everyone is, is as safe as they can be and that the loss of life is minimal. We can replace property, but we, we hate it when we see the loss of life. Yeah. And we need to think about that. Meanwhile, well, I'm glad you got away. And now, lo and behold, you're in Florida with everything that's going on. You're in ground zero yeah. of crazy maskless school reopening man. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and going in, going into Broward with my mask. Good. Um, right after this, we go to the Broward schools and tomorrow we're in Miami-Dade. And frankly, next week I'm in Texas because, you know, you got to walk with and you got to, as a national labor leader, you got to backstop the people who have courage. You got to, you know, sometimes they're in front and you walk in back to backstop them. And right. you make sure that you're supporting them with everything that you can bring with you and but the bottom line for us, and I want to say it as clearly and simply as I can, we, from the beginning of COVID, we saw what was happening. We raised, Sarah Nelson and I had a press conference about this February 1st, the day of the state of Trump's State of the Union, February 3rd, whatever that day was. And he had one sentence about COVID in his entire State of the Union. They knew what was going on. They had the intelligence. They refused to be transparent with the American people. And they did a terrible reaction to COVID. They didn't create COVID. Trump didn't create COVID. But they had a terrible reaction to it. And it was more about his political future as opposed to the people being safe and healthy. And you see the same thing with Abbott. Texas governor. You see the same thing with DeSantis, Florida governor. What we've tried to do as a labor union and also as educators is our North Star has been safety. Our North Star was safety in 9-11, you know, fighting for the Soroga Act. Our North Star has been safety in, in making sure that, that buildings for kids have clean water and you can breathe. Our North Star has always been safety and in COVID has been no different. How do we make sure our kids and our faculty are safe? And so as we have gotten to this, let's get back to school, because we know what is most important for kids right now is that they are in community back to school. Schools are really important in terms of the rhythm of community. Schools are really important in terms of parents being able to go to work. But most importantly for schools, schools are important to create relationships. It's where kids build resilience and relationships. It's where they learn. It's where they have fun. It's where they play. We need that. But we need to make sure we can assure parents and faculty that they are safe. And that's why things like what the CDC has, has recommended, universal masking in light of what's happened with Delta, the distancing, if one can do it, good ventilation, washing one's hands again. And obviously, for those of us who can take vaccines, since vaccines are not available for kids 12 and under, we need to get as many people who can take it vaccinated. And so that's why you're seeing these vaccine mandates. That's why you're seeing these mass mandates because 
if you have like teachers, 90% of teachers have gotten the vaccine. They should be stood up as heroes. But you know, what ends up happening is there's always this focus on what hasn't happened rather than what has happened. Right, right, but right. at the end of the day, that is the way that safety, maximizing safety, that is the pathway to reopening schools and keeping them open. The last thing we obviously have to have is we have to go back to having testing and tracing and having a very clear quarantine process if there's an outbreak. So that's what we are trying to do as as a union. But we're also not just advocating, we're putting our money where our mouth is. And since May, when I announced that we were taking the money that we saved from not traveling last year, we put all that together, $5 million, and we put it out to our locals for a back-to-school campaign, like run in a GOTV style. So, you know, it's not just the shirt that I'm wearing, the back-to-school-for-all shirt, but it's locals, 1,800 of them, basically half of our union, representing or teaching about 20 million kids. They are standing up. They took grants. They applied for grants. They got grants to stand up vaccine clinics, to hold fairs, with to answer questions of, of parents, to give out books, to do this in a joyful way. Many of them did it in conjunction with their districts, to make phone calls to parents to get our parents back to school. So Cleveland, 2,700 parents are sending their kids back to school because in person, because of the phone calls that our members have made. Same in Rio Rancho, same in St. Louis. So we've been doing this all across the country. And the reason I'm in Florida is because our locals have really helped. They stood up with the brave superintendents that have said, we can't do this to the kids. We have kids that are that they're getting COVID because we don't have masks in schools and they are risking salaries. They're risking really reprehensible actions on the part of DeSantis to actually say what I said at the beginning, the North Star is making sure that our kids and our faculty are safe because that is what they need in order to reopen schools and keep them open. Now, you're in Broward. Is that one of the counties that is yes. resisting yes. Uh, the governor? Okay. Yes. And, That's and good. the other thing I would say is the governor also, there's $7 billion that the, that the schools got from the, the schools in Florida got from the American Rescue Plan. The governor refuses to give it to the schools. You know, this is a Betsy from the Betsy DeVos playbook to stabilize public schools. All these private schools are having mass. I don't see any, the Catholic schools are having mass. They're all having mass mandates. The, the, the Pope said that, you know, vaccines are important, but I don't see any kind of agita or any kind of issues around them trying to keep kids safe. But it's the, it's this constant, it's this Betsy DeVos, let's destabilize public schools, let's defund them, let's make them teeter, let's create chaos. And and I really, and so Broward, Alachia, Palm Beach, Dade, but even places that voted for Donald Trump, Sarasota, Lee, there's really brave school boards and superintendents are basically saying, our kids' safety and health comes first. This is not an optional thing because what happens with masks is that if you don't wear it, then then you may be giving someone else the virus. 
That's why the masks are ways of, of, of stopping the virus from right. disseminating. It's not just about you. It's about stopping it Your from neighbor. disseminating to somebody else. Yeah. More MIP after this message. Now, is the governor, well, withholding the money is bad enough, but is the governor carrying out any other punitive measures against yes. those who are wearing masks? Well, what he's doing is saying that they have a rule against universal masking. So they're trying to take pay away from school boards and away from superintendents. More importantly, they're trying to take these superintendents and these school boards out. Take somebody who there was a superintendent in Oregon, rural Oregon, who was following the governor's mask mandate, fired by his school board for following the governor's mask mandate to keep people safe. So a 37-year educator. Mm. And so what the governor, what Corcoran, the education department commissioner did was even though there's now a ruling, a lower court ruling that says that what these school boards have done is reasonable given the pandemic, the Department of Education is ignoring that ruling and still trying to put the screws on these superintendents who have or and boards who have issued universal masking. So to be to be clear, Randy, I think what you're enlightening us about is very important. People need to look beyond this just being about COVID masks. They're using COVID to undermine the public school system. Right. Once again, this is a tactic. It's like they complain about Afghanistan, but that's really about not wanting Afghan ref refugees or immigrants to come to this country. It doesn't have anything to do with staying in, in power. It, it's a, right. it, there's, there's always some underlying diabolical scheme. Right. And but, the, but the other thing, Mark, is, and you know, I said this on Saturday as well, I go back to King's last book of Chaos Versus Community. And, you know, the faction of the Republican Party that is doing this, it is attempting to keep the anger, to keep the chaos, to keep the confusion, to exploit the agita and the trauma that people have had to, you know, to incite, as opposed to what many of us are doing. Look, we're, we're good soldiers for justice and we'll fight the good fight. But this moment is about calming parents down and creating a welcoming and safe environment for our children. And Joe Biden gave us lots of money and the Democrats in the Congress, you know, because there was not a Republican voted for it. The Democrats in the Congress pushed that money out, gave us that funding so we could have the guidance counselors, the nurses, lower class sizes, you know, do um, uh, deal with the ventilation systems. Think, think about in Broward. There are rules because of gun violence that you can't open windows. If a ventilation system doesn't work, in terms of COVID, if you don't open windows, you're not dealing with the virus. So what the heck are some people supposed to do? And then you have a government like DeSantis and Corcoran that don't help on that, but just make it worse. So it's the chaos, it's the dissembling, and it, it is not just about, frankly, they're trying to undermine public education. They're not doing their jobs to help their constituents actually get through COVID. They would much rather have the agita, the turmoil, the fight, as right. opposed to their jobs are to actually help our country heal, 
help their constituents in Florida, men. Yeah. As you interact with not only teachers and administrators, obviously you're you're coming across parents and students. Right. What kind of reactions are you getting from them? Seems to me like parents would be very concerned. I imagine, I mean, youngsters are a lot more exposed and mature these days than when we were kids. I can imagine even youngsters are like, you know, I probably need to wear a mask. So I would say um, the what I'm saying, and I've been, I, I, you know, I, I by last count, in the month of August, I was in 23 different places. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be in 20 of the 30 states where our locals, our members, our activists applied for, got these grants, because I really want to support the work that they've done. So this is what we're seeing. The youngsters really want to be in school. You know, you get some of them saying, I don't want to be in school. But, you know, you see from their faces They really want to be in school. They want to be with their friends. They want the routines and they want the relationship building. It's not that they weren't resilient, but they want this and they know it's important. And parents want to know it's going to be safe. And, you know, the PTA and CDC just did a study and and Delta, you could see the difference between what happened in in the study we did in, in May and June where there was a lot of optimism and the study that the CDC and the PTA did, you know, parents are worried. Are we going to keep our kids safe? And so all of these anti-mask, anti-vax, all of this is creating worry for parents that we're not going to keep our kids safe because you have all this political diversion as opposed to the North Star being how do you keep people safe? So I am still of the belief that if we can basically have as smooth a reopen at reopening as possible. It is the single most important thing we can do to calm the nerves of the country yeah. and to create the basic rhythm of the fall of kids being in school safely and then help the recovery, both the academic recovery as well as the emotional social recovery. Yeah. Safety yeah. has to be the North Star, but if we can do this, and that's why the mass vaccines, ventilation, a contact tracing and testing process are so important because we need to assure parents and faculty that the protocols are there to actually keep them safe, keep them out of the hospital, obviously keep them from dying. And that's what we, my union, that's what educators are trying to do all across the country. More MIP after this message. Lastly, your thoughts about the Department of Education. We had the secretary on a couple of weeks ago before the announcement about investigating whether or not individuals' civil rights are being violated by ordering them not to wear masks. What, what do you think about that? Look, that I approach? Thought it was, I thought it was, first off, Secretary Cardona is doing a great job. He is trying to use the muscle that the department has to create or to assure parents that we are protecting the civil rights of disenfranchised populations, which is, frankly, what the first purpose of the Department of Education was always. And so I think he's doing a great job. I think that that was really important. He's taken on DeSantis. He's taken on Abbott. But, you know, you see the limits of federalism. Like, they know that this money hasn't been sent to schools. So he's using his bully pulpit in as in as aggressive a way as he can. And, you know, I've been honored to be, I was on one school visit with him. He's 
you know, I don't know who's on the road more, whether it's he's on the road more or right. I'm on the road more, but right. we were able to do one school visit in New York. And I just loved, he talked to the football players at Truman High School and he said, look, guys, you want to play football. You don't want to quarantine. Right. The best way that you're going to be able to do that is get a vaccine. That's yeah. the best way. And there was a vaccine clinic that was stood up right with there. And, you know, a lot of them did. Randy, if, uh, well, first of all, if, if you're a teacher in a school system, you're listening, you know to get in touch with your local for whatever help, advice, or assistance you need. And and as a former classroom teacher, I mean, this has to be a lot because we know what classroom teachers have to do to get ready for the school year, to get their classrooms ready. That's always something. And I learned this when I taught. I think you and I talked about this years yeah. ago. When you start out, the year behind, it's very hard to catch up. And so if you're trying to juggle this crisis and get your classroom ready and you have an obnoxious political party or administration that's lording over the schools and causing trouble, that's not a good thing. So we think about all the teachers and all the additional stress you may be under, but we know you all can handle it. That's why you're teachers. You wouldn't do it if you couldn't. Yeah, they were incredible. I mean, let me just say there, we did a study last year. Teachers actually had more stress double the number of the stress than other workers in America. Like 78% of teachers said that they were under stress. But I look, Mark, you are right. The educators are just incredible. They, they have taken all this uncertainty and they have figured out how to calm people down. They figured out how to teach kids. They figured out how to look through the Zoom and, and kids feel valuable and heard. That's who the educators in America are. I am just in awe of them every day. I, I was going to go, but there was nothing I want to ask you. Tell me again the amount of money that DeSantis is withholding. Was, was it seven? Seven billion. So let me just ask this, Randy, is is because you and I talked about this before. We also know as people return, as young people return, we know there's a shortage of in-school counselors and what have right. you. Could some of that money have gone to that? Because that's needed now more than ever, right? Yes, of course. It could have gone to that. It could have gone to fixing ventilation systems. It could have gone to lowering class size. It could have gone to school nurses. It could have gone to so many different things. And he's holding it back. I mean, I don't know why he's holding it back as hostage, as, you know, he doesn't want the schools to be funded well. It's But between that and the refusing to allow local control, which Republicans used to always think local control was so important. It is literally not just reprehensible, but it is undermining every attempt to actually make sure that kids in public schools have a welcoming and safe environment. And it is now, in my view, it's malfeasance, malpractice, and um, you know, violating his oath of office. Yeah. If parents are listening, uh, Randy, and they want to know what they can do, what they can find out, how they can be helpful in any way, what would you suggest they do? This is the number one thing I would actually ask parents to do if they're listening. Support. And I know some people don't want to go to these board meetings because they've gotten hostile. They've, they get yelled at. Write a letter to, if you're on social media, go to you know the governor's Facebook page and say you don't agree with him. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, do the same thing. If you want to write a letter to your local paper, write a letter to your local paper. But most importantly, your teachers really want to help our kids, support them. Most administrators really want to help our kids, support them. We had the head of the National 
PTA, we had the head of the superintendents with us at a big teletown hall or a big town hall this week with the Surgeon General, with a great child psychiatrist. And they all said, we all said, we're all singing from the same hymnal. We want the CDC recommendations applied, which include universal masking. So if you agree with us, tell the tell your school board that either make a call or send a letter or if you have the gumption to do it go to a meeting people need to hear your voice it's the we the the people who agree with us i mean it's two-thirds 75 percent of the country in the last surveys two-thirds to 75 percent but i know it's hard because of the harassment and billing but make your voice heard and 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 support your kid's teacher who really wants to help your kid each and every day. Indeed, indeed. And we know Randy Weingarten wants to help our kids every day. And our teachers, all are important. Uh, we appreciate you, Randy. Keep up the great, great work. We'll, we'll be in touch. Keep us informed about everything. We're going to be watching uh, all of this uh, as it unfolds. And everyone, please, please continue to be safe. Mask up. Uh, we've got to protect one another. Otherwise, we want everything to shut back down again and we have to start all back over again. So exactly we, right. th- th- this is important. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.